0: Yeah, it's that time of year It's like suddenly cold
1: Yeah Like like
0: I had to put a a hoodie on And, uh, you know, I'm like, what, you
1: know So, have you ever heard Phil Oakes, Here's to the State of Mississippi? No What? The the, 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 the song by Phil Oakes Uh Here's to the State of Mississippi No and, And it goes Here's to the State of Mississippi Underneath her borders, the devil draws no lines. If you drag her muddy rivers, nameless bodies you will find. The fat trees of the forest have hid a thousand crimes. The calendar is lying when it reads the present time. And it goes on and on and on. Uh, You know, it's basically dragging the state of Mississippi for being racist and Mm shit. So I was driving uh, to pick up the kids today. And I made up uh, uh, a verse of... Here's to the city of Gillette. It goes a little something like this. Here's to the city of Gillette. Your bigotry's appalling and your restaurants aren't that cool. You're spreading all that COVID in your churches and your schools. Representative Scott Clem is the world's biggest fool. When they see their golden parachutes, the minor bosses drool. Anyway, I'm, I'm not... I'm no Philoaks. I'm a young Philoaks, actually. I'm a, very, I'm a,
0: young, a young
1: spry Philoaks. This is Solidarity Wyoming. What's up? Good to see everybody. We have Derek here. Hey, everyone. We Antifa. Antifa. How's it going, Antifa? I'm,
0: I'm, I'm doing pretty good, actually. I've uh, clawed through this pandemic. I've got a few cans of tuna to throw in a few things. The first thing we wanted to
1: talk about was really just how shitty the Gillette news and record is. Um, I guess to, as part of the sort of um, background of that is just that the decline in the coal industry and kind of the, the deindustrialization and kind of economic problems that Gillette has had for a long time. Um, and so if you... Yeah, so I found this 2013 article that said, in Gillette, hate crimes are hate crime concerns linked to depressed coal market. And this is a, uh, a Casper Star Tribune article from April 14th, 2013. So eight years ago, a little over uh, eight years ago, or a little under eight years ago, uh, they were making that connection even then. And things are, are much worse now uh, in terms of a depressed coal market in Gillette. Uh, they're straight-up closing mines and uh, screwing miners, mine workers out of their pensions while the bosses get tons of money. We have a great interview several months ago that we did with Lynn Huskinson about the whole phenomenon um, on an episode of Solidarity Wyoming. Uh, And so if you can make connections between, like, the state of the economy and increase in hate crimes and e- increase in like social intolerance and things like that, Gillette would be a pretty good test case, a pretty good uh, petri-, petri dish um, for for that. It's interesting, one, how
0: they blame the working class first for being a bunch of racist cucks. That you know, it's these working class folks, they're upset, they're losing their jobs, so they're mad at uh, immigrants, you know, and it's just like, so, okay, so the first thing they do is blame... The working class, people who are scrabbling to get by. Two, this trope that someone's coming to steal your jobs, probably a brown person, it's it's over with. Show me which brown person took which person white person's job. You cannot do it.
2: Does okay. that discounted theory even make a modicum and sen- of sense <laughs> with the situation of the deindustrialization of the area? Like are they coming to steal your jobs? If it's just the jobs, it are makes no being sense at out? all. But it's these, but these
1: are the politicians, uh, people like Scott Clem and and these other Republicans uh, elected to the state legislature, as well as Governor Gordon, who like several months ago, and I remember, you wrote about this. Yeah, you wrote about uh, Derek. And I'm pointing to Derek. You wrote about this on the Cowboys on the Commons blog about this myth that the border. That border security is the most important thing to Wyomingites, um, and which is absurd. I, I don't know a single Wyomingite who gives a fuck about the border, uh, except for like, humanitarian concerns, unless you're an elected official uh, with a, an R in front of your name, in which case you really do care about that because it's, a, it's a, an issue to, to rile people up and to stir up hate. I want to add one politician to that list as well, and that is
0: our uh, states senator, senior senator, John who who is a doctor who had the audacity to say that uh, we need to make sure that these immigrants, that, you know, he said that they're, if you want the cause of COVID, you need to look at all the immigrants that are coming over the border, which is just, I felt like I needed to take a shower after I watched that clip because it was really gross on a lot of levels. First off, that's the exact same language that the uh, you know a certain group of people used back in the early part of the 20th century to demonize a whole religious group and then engaged in a genocide against them. That they were unclean, they were disease-ridden, and they were
1: dirty. And this is coming from a doctor. Well, and, and you said, you talked about how, feeling dirty after seeing uh, John Barrasso. And it's because he looks like Major Tote from... Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Remember the, the torturer guy? Yes, uh, yes, who melts, whose face melts in the end. Uh, he looks like he looks like that guy. He sounds like that. He, he looks like he looks like he looks like Peter Lorre. Uh, in the movie. M. Anyway, another obscure reference lost on our younger. I'm audience. googling it right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so anyway, uh, all of this leads to this letter that. The Gillette News and Record ran uh, a few weeks ago by this guy, Kevin Bennett, who I am told is sort of the resident crank, uh, resident like right wing crank who they publish every letter that he writes, apparently, you know, like he like he has to have a letter every, you know, every few months or something like that. And, you know, everything from fluoride in the water uh, to um, uh, to the, the gays are coming to get your kids. Right. So, so he's Gillette's version of Gabby,
0: what's his name, from Blazing Saddles. I'd like to thank you for that throwing frontier gibberish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 anyway, uh, anyway, I, so I'll just read part of it, uh, and then I just, I have to stop. The, the, the title that the editors gave the letter, so thoughtfully, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the editors and what I think of them, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, the title they gave it is Homosexuals, can leave gay lifestyle. I've personally seen, the letter goes, <laughs> I've personally seen no less than six people leave the gay lifestyle. I've personally seen people enter it. I've personally seen people become alcoholic, and I've personally seen people leave the alcoholic lifestyle. And go and goes on to make all these analogies that being gay is like being an alcoholic. You can enter into it, and you can leave it. Homosexuality cuts 20 years from a person's life. Cigarette smoking only cuts 10. Imagine if schools define nicotine addiction as core to identity, owning to predisposition. Those pretending empathy to same-sex addiction are really apathetic. Their empathy is apathy in drag. And that's the end of the... <laughs> I'm going to give him at least
0: a one kudo for that final sentence. That, that is somewhat amusing... The most sure. of it's not even worthy of engaging on false equivalency uh, is one thing that leaves my mind. But also, this guy's just a shit sack. I mean, what he, is his last... He, his name needs to be right up there with Rick Santorum. He, he, Yeah. For uh, Wyoming politics. Yeah, yeah,
1: there needs to be an entry in on Google. <laughs> exactly. when, you, when you Google Kevin Bennett, you need to come up with some sort of frothy... Uh, yeah, shit mixture of yes, some kind. when you when you bite when you're out with your sheep in the field. Well, and he write in the letter it says uh, the anti theist perspective is ultimately more harsh to those with sexual kinks, and anti God Marxist countries prove that re- prove that reality to several decimal places. I can tell you that Marxism is gay as fuck. <laughs> I I don't know what you're talking about,
2: but... What's the claim he's making in that
1: sentence? I, that he's actually making the... I feel like he's making the claim that other countries are less tolerant of gays uh, and, like, non-Western countries and atheistic countries, uh, and I think, I think that's what he's saying. Uh, although he says the anti-theist perspective is ultimately more harsh to those with sexual kinks. And I'm like, I just don't think that's true.
0: I thought the entire church was based upon sexual kinks and repressing them. I, I, mean, I thought
1: that... <laughs> I, I, I'll just say that um, I know a good many uh, people who are atheist kinky and a good many people who are orthodox uh, uh, religious kinky. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can decide which of those you like better. Right. It's
0: like Larry Flint said, it doesn't matter what your kink is, there are enough people out there that are into it for you to make money off it.
1: Well, apparently Kevin Bennett's kink <laughs> is making shitty arguments, but...
0: <laughs> so you have to wonder, is the Gillette newspaper, what's the name of this? Uh, it's the News Record. News newspaper? Record? Yeah. yeah, okay, well I'll put that right next to my toilet paper roll for when I run out. But anyway, you got to wonder. Is they, are they republishing this because they're making fun of him and he, the people love, people love to laugh and so it's like their media is getting their money? Or do they believe this guy and side with this guy, in which case they're getting what they want either way, which is... Great. I don't...
1: So I don't care. And in fact, I, I've, got, I've got some questions. I've got some questions for the editors of... The, the opinion editors of the Gillette News Record... Uh, I've got some questions for for whoever chose to to publish this. We can all agree, can we not, that an opinion page editor does not have to publish every single letter that they receive. That's an axiom of being an opinion editor. You don't have to publish everything, right?
0: Yeah, I think we can agree Mm -hmm. on that.
1: Okay. So, would they have published a letter claiming... Some sort of racial hierarchy, claiming that that uh, that one particular race is uh, superior to another race, and and justifying it with some sort of pseudoscience, some sort of long discredited pseudoscience. Would they publish that? Would they publish that just to have a debate, just to keep the, just because it's an open question? Would they think that it was an open question? Because this is not an open question anymore. There's not a single clinician. There's not a single scientist. There's not a single reputable doctor, scientist, or clinician, at least, who believes in conversion therapy, Right. We've, we've, we've answered this question. That question has been answered. Why wouldn't they at least? I mean, I'm not saying that this would make it necessarily better, but what if, they, like, why didn't they publish it with a disclaimer? That we don't agree with this? <laughs> or not even that we don't agree with this, but, you know, BTW, uh, there is no scientific support for gay conversion therapy. There is no serious clinical support for gay conversion therapy. The consensus of the following medical communities is that gay conversion therapy is is junk. Like they could have they could have published it and and said something like that, right?
2: That would be the responsible thing to do. Well,
0: I mean,
1: I
2: have. But it
0: seems to me that's the sort of thing that you could have somebody research and write an article about, and then say, "Hey, yeah,
1: (coughs) you know, I mean, yeah, they could they could at that point they could publish it and say." Uh, you know, we're publishing this because this represents the thinking of some members of our community. And we are also citing this research to demonstrate that this is not true. Um, because where does it like where would you draw the line if you're going to publish a letter like that? And I think that's bullshit. I think that that uh, they have uh, ab- abdicated their responsibility, and the other thing I thought was, well, maybe they're doing this because they want to initiate some kind of dialogue, and that this will open up a dialogue, and that they they feel uh, confident that other people will write in to refute this, and that's the marketplace of ideas, and we're this is really a big morality play, and we're the ones who are staging it. Well, fuck that. Like, they don't get to do that. Somebody's going to read this letter. Somebody could read this letter and hurt themselves. Somebody could read this letter and hurt somebody else. I get that that might be true of other things that are actually open questions, but this isn't an open question. If they had
0: said, and they wanted to decry the merits and, you know, the evils of uh, interracial marriage and advocate for anti-miscegenation... Laws that would they publish a letter like yeah, that? Yeah, would they publish that's, that letter? That's
1: yeah. what I want to know.
0: I think they wouldn't. We haven't gotten to the point where it's okay to not hate, or to, to hate, we're still okay to hate sexually different, identified
1: people. Even if the question of conversion therapy was open in some way, which it isn't, it isn't. Even not. if it wasn't, the idea that same sex attraction is. And is like alcoholism is completely is completely separate to the conversion therapy question. The likening of same sex attraction to uh, a to a drug addiction is has been re- refuted and has been repudiated by uh, by science, by the DSM, by all of these, yeah, uh, by by credible
2: authorities. He claimed that gay people on average have lifespans 20 years shorter than non-gay people. And even if we assume that that's true, it's so frustrating to think of the, the unwillingness to look at the factors that might be behind that, such as the horrifyingly high youth suicide rates in communities that Institutionalize homophobia?
0: It's not just you, suicide. There's this interesting demographic bubble that they have right in the middle that involves Ronald Reagan's complete denial of the AIDS epidemic. So there was a massive... There's a whole generation of gay men that are dead from the boomers. Because... Because. because, because of, of, of policies these, yeah. and the policies and the treatment of homosexuals and so yeah, when you average in all of those people who died in their 20s and 30s who shouldn't have who if there had been research and ways to treat them and all of these things that they hadn't been castigated, there's a whole, whatever we don't have to have that conversation, that's for another day you wouldn't have that demographic bubble in there which does drag down the average life mm-hmm. expectancy of a gay person because yeah,
1: you killed off a whole generation of gay people if you, but if you go back to 2012, which is what I have tracked this claim back to, uh, I've tracked it back to um, uh, a senatorial candidate from 20, uh, from uh, back in 2012, uh, saying homosexual behavior cuts life expectancy by 20 years. But Politifact, of course, and unsurprisingly, rates this claim 100% false. Uh, it, uh, says that uh, there was a, It's based on some report about the HIV a- epidemic um, that uh, talked about deaths from HIV in the mid 1990s or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's not. It's not generalizable in any way. No. So it took me thirty fucking seconds to find this article to find this politic fact refutation. That's how long it would have taken the editors at the Gillette News and Record to find something clarifying that. And again, it would have been responsible for, if they had run, still run the letter, it would have been responsible for them. The responsible thing to do would have been for them to cite that refutation as well, to cite that clarification.
2: Yeah, we can assume that opinion paces in a paper aren't the views of the paper itself. But when those opinion papers are... Um, pretending to make facts that, um, yep. you know, that makes it your responsibility to you get to you
1: facts. get to refute that because where does it end? Climate denialism would be the next thing, or even racial inferiority, which I am sure that there are a couple of weirdos up in Gillette uh, that believe in uh, the, you know, in the, the, the racial hierarchy of white people and stuff, what if they publish a letter and what's the difference? And I want to know what you think the difference is Gillette news and record between the one and the other, because I have a feeling that if you try to split hairs about that difference, you're going to
2: sound really stupid. Yeah. When I encountered that paywall to even read the, that letter to the editor. Um, yeah, I was able to see the first sentence and deemed it not worth paying for.
1: So this is just a blog piece uh, from a couple of years ago on actually on a a legal blog. Um, And it is Wyoming is named the worst state for winter driving as of uh, February of 2018. Using statistics compiled by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration from 2016, independent review website SafeWise declared the cowboy state to be the most dangerous for winter driving, and it's not surprising why. Wyoming ranks number two in annual snowfall, just behind New York State, plus our state has a lot of square miles and the smallest population in the U.S., so we Wyomingites do a lot of driving regardless of weather. Safewise came to its conclusion that Wyoming was the worst state for winter driving by calculating the likelihood of a crash in snowy conditions per 100,000 people in a state Wyoming residents have a 1.5 ch- oh, a 1.5 chance I don't know what this means a a one in one of 1.5 and a, a hundred chance I don't know what it means of being in an accident the state that ranked second was Vermont with a .8 chance. I'm assuming that that's, that's like work. a percentage uh, So that chance. means that that's
0: the percentage of the people who are going to have accidents, or every time you get in a car you have a 1.5% chance of having an accident.
1: I I, I feel like it's the latter, but <laughs> okay. I don't know. Um, but regardless, I believe the sentiment of yes. the piece. Um, yes. you, can't, you cannot have lived here for any reasonable length of time and not, uh, not have experienced some of that. And I've lived in uh, states where with really really bad winter driving, uh, Wyoming is definitely has been the worst. The um, worst. For, I mean, I lived in, I lived in
0: Chicago when they had the dump and people were like staking out their the parking lot the parking spaces they had shoveled out and like putting up chairs and stuff to block it so they could have it when they got back and fights were breaking out over spaces because there was so much snow, and Wyoming is worse and I I don't. I don't know why
1: people f- don't get that when they drive.
0: <laughs> Do-do. No,
1: people. Yeah, people. <laughs> people really, really jet, uh, and they try to imitate the big trucks, and mm-hmm. the big trucks kind of mess everybody else up anyway. The eighteen wheelers. Uh, the the eighteen wheelers. I sound like C W McCall <laughs> man, talking about his rubber duck in the nineteen seventies. <laughs> I apologize so for dating myself. <laughs> yeah, that are your Burt Reynolds and uh, a yeah. Snowy and the Bandit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But with with snow, with the less snow. snow. Oh, yes. Yeah.
2: I don't know what what do you where, what what do you think, Derek? You moved here from from Idaho. Yep. Um, so I guess I've been on the I 80 corridor, a total of three times in the winter, um, you know, traversing most of the state. And I feel like I had a near death accident or near death incident every single time. Um, and I was, I think the philosophy that, um, the state of Wyoming embraces is why maintain your highway with taxpayer money when, you could just simply expect everyone to buy an enormous snowplow grade truck and not need, you know, basic snowplowing services. And I realize, you know, geography is a major factor in how dangerous our roads can be, but that should just be um, the factor that determines how much effort we put into making transportation a safe thing. The number of closures,
1: and of course I'm not against road closures in principle when uh, it, when, it, when it's warranted, obviously. But uh, it, it seems like there are definitely some winters where the, the number of closures are ridiculous.
0: Well, they built it in the wrong
1: place. And everybody
0: who knows anything about Wyoming knows that Elk Mountain is a mountain on top of a frickin' mountain. Because Wyoming's a mountain, people. Okay. <laughs> Wyoming a very itself high is a high freaking mountain. The whole state is... Okay, we're at 7,200 feet here in Laramie. And we're at the top of the damn plateau. And there's a reason why they want I-80 to go up and over. Because it's flat. So they can traverse a great deal of s- distance. Just straight flatness. And that's what you get in Wyoming. But when you build it right next to a mountain on top of a mountain... That's why I-80 is a cluster duck in the middle of the winter. It is a disaster. The The winds that go whipping around there, the snowstorms, the snowdrifts. We have more snow fencing in Wyoming than we do housing.
1: Okay? Can you imagine and, what it would be like without the snow fencing? It would be ridiculous. It would be, ridiculous. It'd be the like the, ridiculous. the
0: Donner party every time you had to go somewhere.
1: Right. Uh I won't make it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refrain from making any Donner Party jokes. Okay.
2: Because
1: uh, <laughs> uh, I would find them to be an exceedingly poor taste. <laughs> I got <gotcha>. you. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> so so hear me out. This is exactly the kind of thing, the, the exactly the kind of application that fully automated luxury gay space communism is made for because there are technological solutions to bad winter driving uh, that those technologies could go into the car itself uh, but they could also go into other places. so I, I just googled technology safer Road winter and which sounds like uh, also the, the name of an emo band uh, but, um, uh, or an electronic emo band uh, but uh, so, uh, you know, sites like, you know, fizz.org, talking about smart technology um, that would fix roads as well as fill potholes. Uh, and, of course, the infrastructure infrastructure funding, like a massive increase in infrastructure funding like we're fighting for right now, would also do good uh, in terms of repairs on roads. And that would make winter driving that much safer, a tiny little bit safer, at least mm-hmm. to just doing pothole repairs and different things uh, on and, and cracks in, in, the, in the highway and things like that. But, you know, you could also do stuff with cars. You could increase the technology in cars to make roads safer in the winter. Um, you can also, though, use uh, lasers. Uh, you could actually use laser technology. Um, and uh, that one I will definitely read from. This is from Earth.com. And uh, new laser technology could help clear up icy roads in the winter. Winter is coming in the Northern Hemisphere, and for many colder places, that means the arrival of snow and ice, always a hazard for drivers and pedestrians alike. I'm probably going to skip all of this. There is a substance called hydrohalite that forms on icy roads, and... It doesn't respond to deicing or road surface salting. It stays on the road. It's not visible to the naked eye, and so it sounds like it's a source. It's one of those sources of black ice right. that is so prevalent. For example, not just on the 80, but also on the 287, which is a death trap. A death trap. An absolute death trap in Wyoming. Um, and so, uh, but but things like. Um, Instrumentation, so not just using the lasers to melt the snow, which would be kind of cool, um, but also the lasers to would help identify some of the conditions of the surfaces, and then could switch like even the types of de uh, deicing agents that are used. So I believe there's a technological fix to this problem, um, but it presupposes that we have governments that are looking for. Things like technological fixes to spend money on um, that would that would help uh, some of these things because I've even heard you know I have even heard of things like heated roads in terms of, of the amount of heat retained uh, in uh, on the surface of the road from yeah. solar you know from solar sources. I mean, you don't
0: have to make it like boiling hot. You just have to make it hot enough so the ice can't freeze in between. The crevices of the asphalt and and also you would use that technology particularly on places like bridges where ice is prone to form and yeah solar batteries it doesn't it's it's doesn't take that much
2: i guess related to this is i think it would be amazing to restructure the entire economy that in a way that would make it so we are far less dependent on the institution of cars and roads in general. You know, I'm not a total luddite, but um, no. You, if we had you, like a much more localized um, system of producing and distributing, we wouldn't need this the huge trains transcontinental. Yeah, yeah right. And you trains. could also have yeah, and you could
1: so more local production of things, more cooperative local production of of food and things like that, so that you're not having to transfer, you know, fifty thousand pounds of pork. Uh, you know, from Iowa to, to Jackson, Wyoming, so that uh, the, the fat cats can eat it in their hotels. But then also things like uh, high-speed rail, which, you know, I keep hearing about this, this potential high-speed rail that will go from Cheyenne to Denver. Like, that sounds pretty cool to me. And that would be how fantastic. many lives would that save? That would save countless lives over like a decade.
0: Yeah, instead of driving down I twenty five or having to go down the two eighty seven, if you were from Laramie, just take the train, and it would get you there fast. Yeah, like take a, you know, take
1: you know, or maybe they could extend the the rail to to Laramie. I mean, well, there's a university here. You would hope so. I was going to say that would be logic. We're pretty, we're pretty important.
2: Yeah, I like the whole discussion about oh, we can't do high-speed rail in america because everything's so much more spread out than you know in japan yeah or like you could simply build the tracks longer you know that's a solution mm-hmm.
1: also <laughs> i i i rode high speed rail in russia uh and things are very spread out in yeah. russia yes and, and china. there and 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 china is the the envy of the world in terms of high-speed rail and there are and there are many uh out of the way places that you can take trains to in China and Russia.
2: The nesting boxes that I brought don't have a back wall. Um, uh, make it so that we can like lift up a wall of the chicken coop to access the back of the chicken to the nesting boxes. To oh, get so eggs. you want to
0: have
1: a, a latch? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay, he, we can do that.
2: Hinged a door to get eggs with.
1: If you like this content and want us to keep making it available to the public for free, please support us at Patreon.com/solidarityhouse. That's Patreon.com/solidarityhouse. Five dollars a month gets you access to some secret stuff, um, but mainly it helps support Solidarity Collective as well as all of our podcasts and media projects. We couldn't do it without you. Patreon.com slash Solidarity House. Please consider subscribing today.